Welcome to Leadership Life Podcast. I'm Kelly Bubolts, your reality check mix in leadership theory and practical application together that fits into our daily actions. Let's dig in. I want to talk about three different behavioral curves that you might see in leadership. This is good for you to know about yourself, but also what your team might need for support. And as I train people, there's two curves that everyone might be familiar with. And then there's one that I found out through my burnout journey that fits in the same cycle. Kubler-Ross based the change curve based off the grief curve. And basically this depends on performance and time. Both charts are measured as time goes on, performance goes up and down. Confidence might go up and down. Morale might go up and down and effectiveness might go up and down. So based off of these curves, grief and change curve had very similar stages and we're gonna go through those in a moment and then I'm gonna surprise you with the third behavioral curve I found that follows the same type of rhythm. Stage one in the grief and change curve is denial. In this stage, employees might be doing avoidance techniques, they might be more confused than usual, they might have some shock and fear. In this stage, it's important to know that the support that's needed is just information. At this point, they don't think anything's going to happen, and for change, it could be as small as you know their, their peer leaving, or it could be as big as a company being acquired or people are being laid off around them, or maybe a couple people quit, so they're, they're in complete denial of what's even gonna happen to their position and the workload coming their way. So the best support that you can give them is information of what's going on and what is some of the plans that the company's looking at or the team is looking at to make sure that they're supported. And stage two is anger. During this stage, they're gonna be frustrated. They're gonna be irritated, they might have a little anxiety, and these behaviors are going to come in all different sorts depending on the personality. Again, what they need is just a listening ear and support through this stage. The first two stages is, is pretty fast. It can be in less than six months. It could be less than six minutes depending on the person. Everyone has their own change curve timeline. So you, if you have a top performer that's maybe taking a little bit longer to get through something and then maybe a low performer that usually takes longer time to absorb and adapt, moving a little faster, just remember change is different for everyone. Just because someone's a high performer does not mean that they adapt to big change as well or that different changes don't affect them in different ways. A top performer that usually adapts very well might be hit hard with a peer leaving. Maybe they're very sociable or maybe it was their person versus maybe a low performer that doesn't adapt well might be okay with that, might be okay with people being disconnected in the office and them leaving. Just keep in mind that everyone time, everyone's timeline is different, so try not to compare the team against one another. In stage three, this is the one that I wanna talk about the most, and that's bargaining. This is where the lowest performance, lowest confidence, lowest morale is gonna happen. And it's also the longest stage. So this stage can last from six months to almost two years. At this point, they're trying to find meaning, meaning where they belong, meaning in the value of, of why they're here, why they're on your team. They're trying to figure out how to tell their story. Why, why is this taking them so long? Why are they having these feelings? Why are they you know, irritated and frustrated and having these different behavior patterns? They're starting to notice that they're changing. During this stage, the best support you can do is look to the future. 
bring some clarity on what is the plans next for them and where they fit in, where they bring the value, and that will help them move. If you think about the change curve, and since it's based on the grief curve, at this point, people are trying to figure out in the grief curve what this life is like without their loved one in it. So picture that with the change. Picture their coworker left or the company's being acquired. It's the same type of missing piece to the puzzle that used to be there. So help them find a piece that fits. From there, they can move to stage four. Now this stage will be slightly higher performance and confidence, but not extreme. It, it just moves up a little and that's depression. At this point, they might be just feeling overwhelmed. They might have some helplessness, hostility, or they might flight at this stage. They might just leave. They might say, you know, I don't know where I belong. I'm not getting answers. I don't know the meaning here and why I belong in this team or with this company, and they might just leave. And that's okay in some situations where maybe it's not a good fit, but in most cases, you want to keep these employees and get them through the stage. Some of the hardest things we go through are our biggest growth. So this is a big growth for them. And if you can help them through that, they're going to be better for it. Through this stage four in depression, you're going to want to give very clear direction. You want to bring a lot of clarity in this phase. Don't muddy it with what do you want to do and let's brainstorm. You have to bring little bits of clarity. Now, that doesn't mean you need to micromanage, but it does mean that you need to have enough conversations to know what they kind of want and where they want to go so that you can bring some clarity on options for them. And the last stage is acceptance. The interesting thing about the acceptance stage is it's actually higher performance, confidence, and morale, and overall higher effectiveness of a team than the first stage of denial. They actually perform higher. In this stage, they're exploring some options. They have a new plan in mind, and they're moving on. So in this stage, the best support a leader can give them is encouragement, celebrating the wins every single day to make sure they continue to move forward. It's interesting because during this training, when we were discovering the different behavioral patterns inside the change curve, and since it's based off of the grief curve, someone asked in the training, how can you be better after you have lost or grieved a loved one, like a spouse? And actually the trainer that was teaching us lost his wife a couple years before that. And he says, it's because you value life. And prior to that, you thought time was unlimited. It was a very interesting perspective on how you can actually perform better and be a more effective human being after you go through these huge changes, these huge life-altering changes. I want to bring you to the third curve. Most of you are probably familiar with that change curve. If you do not know, it's Kubler-Ross change curve based off of the grief curve. And um, Google it. There's a, a bunch of information out there and great videos on YouTube. But here's one that's not being talked about often, and I found it through my burnout journey, but it's actually based on trauma events in the community that happen. In most cases, it's phases of disaster and collective trauma. So you might be thinking, why is this related to burnout? And the reason is, is because when I looked this up, it was spring of 2021, and there's so much trauma related to COVID from the isolation and being removed from communities excessive fast-paced change loss of control we don't have a lot of control of what's what's going on most of the time what's being impeded in our lives and changes at work so this phases of disaster is usually based on hurricanes 
what happens after a hurricane hits a community and the community goes through this behavioral curve that I'm gonna go through the stages that are named differently. But it was interesting when I looked at that curve, the moment I looked at the high points and the low points of the stages, it looked exactly like the change curve, which is exactly like the grief curve. If you remove the different names of the stages, it's the same high and low performance, high and low confidence, high and low morale. I wanna go through those stages now. If you're leading during COVID or post-COVID times, or even if the company goes through a huge transition or your community, you'll be able to use this tool and recognize that collective behavioral response is similar to collective trauma response, the change response, and a grief response. After a disaster hits, the first stage is basically impact. The event is happening. And during this time, you will have mid-level performance, confidence, morale, and effectiveness. During this stage, you're just trying to figure out what is happening. The second stage is called the honeymoon stage. It's community cohesion, and this is high performance. So the curve goes up. Everyone's banding together, doing their part to recover from the hurricane or the earthquake. Uh, with COVID, remember everyone did their part, wearing masks, staying at home. Of course, there's pain with that, but everyone kind of stepped up in that moment of time, the honeymoon, the hero stage, they call it. The third stage is what I want to talk about, similar to the lowest stage of the grief curve and the change curve, and that's called disillusionment. And it was interesting when I looked at the symptoms in disillusionment stage, what can also six months to two years, I had 90% of the symptoms. So 90% of my severe burnout symptoms was in this explained to a T in disillusionment. And unfortunately, this whole curve is based off a of community, so I'm not the only one. I'm gonna go through this disillusionment stage just a little deeper. And this is where the most burnout can happen and people cannot come out. Though you can move through this curve in you know six minutes or up to two years, if you get into that burnout stage, you're talking a trauma event now that you have to also move out of. We're not just talking about behavioral response anymore. We're talking about an actual trauma event your body and brain have to now overcome. Well, some of the symptoms that you might see in employees or in yourself in disillusionment stage, which the community is currently in, is irritability, frustration. They might just be getting angry at even the small changes at this point. Super sensitive. And then that hopelessness is coming back in. They don't want to take on new projects. They don't want to take on new duties. They just are turning into the zombie mode. They might have trouble concentrating, getting disorganized. Before, maybe they had all their stuff together and they could multitask and take on a few projects at a time and now they can't even hardly keep one project running. This disorganized state comes in and that's the survivorship mode of the brain. At this low performance stage, is just trying to eat, sleep, and keep organs alive. It is not putting a lot of effort into the left side of the brain that does decision making and troubleshooting. They're going to find hard to focus. So if you have stay-at-home employees or hybrid employees, it's important that they have, they have very productive early morning meetings or a clarity around what they're supposed to be getting done for the week that keeps them driving because they're going to have a hard time focusing. The other thing is they're going to have memory loss. So give a little grace if they start forgetting deadlines or pieces of the project and reports because they actually can't help it. The brain is in that survivorship mode and it's only putting out the bare minimum. Employees might be sick more. They might be taking more PTO because they're ill. Often they have headaches, stomach aches, sleep issues, digestive problems. These are all descriptions of burnout. When this comes more frequent, 
They need to seek out a holistic community because they cannot be healed by procedures, prescriptions, or surgeries. The only way to heal at this point is to start building up resiliency in the body naturally. The other symptom that you might be seeing in this stage is they're shutting down, they're withdrawn or isolated. They don't want to come to team meetings. They don't want to turn on their webcams anymore. Maybe they're making excuses for not attending a brainstorm session. The community can move together if the right support is there, but again, respect everyone's timeline in these changes. After disillusionment comes two more stages. The next one is called coming to terms and working through the reaction. So they might have a couple dips here and there of performance and confidence, but really they're just kind of playing with this new world, seeing if it's still dangerous for them, and that's just the brain's way of keeping them safe. And then the last but not final is reconstruction. Again, this is higher performance, confidence, morale, and team effectiveness than even the beginning during the impact. Basically, it's reconstruction. And the reason why it's higher is because you've learned from the mistakes and you're stronger and more resilient. So you're working on a new beginning with a new foundation, fixing the gaps and the holes. In either case of these behavioral curves, the grief curve, the change curve, or the collective behavioral response curve, the same support is needed in each stage. Bring clarity and a sense of direction of what's next. Again, you don't have to micromanage. You should be including them in these discussions, but they do need a sense of direction. Picture a company that's being acquired. There's two ways that a company can go about it. One, give good information and clarity of what's going to happen, what's next, and what to be excited about. And then there's the other direction or minimal information is distributed. Employees just fill out the rest of the story. And unfortunately, the brain is defaulted to negative mindset. It's just our nature. So it's going to fill in the story with all these negative, fearful narratives to the story. Be a listening ear. And you don't have to be a therapist, but you can ask open questions instead of questions that end with yes and no. So they have time to speak. You can also refer them out to an EAP, which is an employee assistance program, or a therapist or counselor that might be in your benefit package. And again, you don't want to cross that line of the therapist, but you do want to be a listening ear in which they feel comfortable that they can stay there and work through this event. Because if you don't have a listening ear, they're going to find it elsewhere. They're going to flight. The other option that you can do, depending on the trust factor with the specific employee, is offer a hybrid work structure option for a temporary time frame so that they can get some things in order, have time to focus at home without distractions to get work done, or you can just give them time off, unpaid time off, medical leave time off, depending on your benefits and policies, but they do need time to sort through this. In any case, you want to give a deadline or an end timeline to those work schedule structure changes so that they know that there is a next step. So this is similar to someone in grief. If they say, I need some time alone to breathe, and then you leave them alone indefinitely, some things are going to go awry there, right? Because someone in grief actually needs a lot of support. They need community. They need someone to be there and check in on them. So similar with employees, they need the same thing. And last but not least is they need team activity and community. Again, we want to show them that other people are there to support them. They are not alone. And there is next steps. And there is more to come. If you take away that team activity and community in those low phase stages, you're giving them more reason to leave because they're so alone already. And they're trying to figure out their meaning and value. 
and now they also have disconnection and community. If you have more questions on the behavioral response curve, I go through this in a little more detail in the Resiliency Roadmap course. It's online, interactive little pop questionnaires to keep you thinking and action planning, and you'll come out a little bit more resilient knowing how not only to support your team, but support yourself through changing difficult and chaotic times. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the follow button so you don't miss out on what we all have to sort out yet. Share this podcast with others to bring leaders clarity to this crazy, fast-paced world we live in. Make an impact, lead from within, and you can't go wrong.